Tom Brady and the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Blah, blah, blah. The NBA MVP race heats up, and Phil Jackson takes a shot or two at Carmelo. All these topics are going to get caught up in the Sportnado. The what? The Sportnado with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You heard him. You heard him right. We're changing the name. We changed the name. It's Sportnado now. It's not Drunk Sports. Also, there's another change. Yeah, I'm not going to be drinking every time. That's see, right. I have a wife. You know, I have a future. <laughs> Do you? I well, I hope to. You have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I I, I don't want to die. So I don't yeah. think it's sustainable for me to drink. You know, twelve beers that often. I mean, you let's let's not overstate the case. I You're mean, drinking like ten beers. Okay, but early on, I got yeah. it was a bit too much. Anyway, case, case is now it's Sportnado instead of Drunk Sports. We also thought the name was kind of turning people off. Yeah, like people might think it would be sloppy or something. We know you people were into it. We were into it too, but it didn't seem to be catching on exactly the way we hoped. We thought the name change might make it a little more clear that it's a fun show about sports and not two drunk sloppy guys barely able to speak. Right, and it might not even be reflected in your feed yet, but it will be called Sportnado at some point. Yeah, so if, podcasting is more of an art than a science, and it's hard to know how to actually make things change. But right. we're working on it. Yeah, so you know, if at any point it stops coming in, we're doing this show at least once a week for the foreseeable future. Yeah. If you can't find it, go to Sportnado. And there still will be certain episodes where I do get drunk. That's yeah. still going to happen. Oh, Just he's going to get drunk. Not as frequently. And even during these casual episodes where... I guess we're going to call them the casual episodes. Are we? Is cool. that what we're doing? Yeah, I might have a beer or two just you know, to add to the relaxing nature of the show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Grant is never going to be 100% sober. No, That's I can't, can't live with myself that way. Yeah. Even if we're out of alcohol, we'll find drugs. <laughs> Grant will always have to be on some kind of controlled substance. Of course. That seems fair. Yeah, that seems like a fair thing to do. You know one thing else that we haven't said yet? What's that? If it's Tuesday night, it must be Sportnado. You got to look out for that Sportnado. With Grant and Jonathan. <laughs> it's coming through. It's coming through your county. That's Sportnado. Yeah, you gonna rip up your freaking house. Watch your back. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a weather pattern of sports opinions and delight. To be clear, if you guys want to drink along with Grant and pretend that I'm drinking, you still can. If you want to get drunk while you listen to the show, I mean, it's like two beers every fifteen minutes, right? Every that. seven and a half minutes, down a beer, you're good. Oh, and a key component that we need to make sure people know: we're yeah. still going to have a fixing segment at the end. Oh, of course. That was, of course, the greatest. The let the drunk fix it, but now we're just going to be let the Grant fix it with with Jonathan. LTGFI. Yeah, no problem. With yeah. Jonathan. <laughs> With Jonathan also sometimes. What do you mean? You're always there, but... You know. Oh, you mean helping out. Yeah, like yeah. if I can't figure it out, you're going to help me. Oh, out. just because it's Sportnado with Grant and Jonathan. It could be LTGFI with Jonathan. Yeah, it could. I think we should do that. Anyway, we're not going <laughs> to talk about that yet. All right, let's get into quarter number one. We have less we have to explain about how the show works. Usually oh, yeah. we have to go through a whole litany of this is the rules, here's the <laughs> drinking game, this is the deal. For new people, four quarters of sports talk, mostly NBA and NFL. And at the end, we go. We end with Let the Grant Fix It, where I pose sports dilemmas to him. He does his best to come up with creative and fun fixes. Sometimes I help him out. Often it's outrageous. Anyway, let's get into some headliners. Headliners. There's really only one headliner this week. All right. It's the Super Bowl. There's, I mean, there's a semi-headliner. Super Bowl 51 just completed, and it the did. Patriots down 25 points. It was 28-3 to in the third quarter. No NFL team had ever come back in a Super Bowl being down more than 10 points at any point in the game. 
Patriots, down a lot more than that, found their way all the way back home and won that sucker. Tom Brady's fifth, Bill Belichick's fifth. I mean, what what are your reactions as a non-Patriots fan? Yeah, that I'm never going to hear the end of it, <laughs> especially because I work with you all the time. What do you mean? What are you talking it's about? It's awful. You already hear enough shit from Patriots fans about how cool the Patriots are. Oh, Tom Brady. Ooh. I love his Uggs. What, what, his Uggs are so beautiful. What Patriots fans are you hearing I this like from? his emotionless face you don't and have, how he has no affect. That's great. What Patriots fans do you know besides me? Um, your friend Ron. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, fine. One other guy. Yeah, but you're bad enough for all of them. I am. <laughs> I, I can just imagine how bad it must be in Boston. I have a question for you, and then we'll talk more about the bigger sports aspect of it. We're gonna, it's going to get right. a little personal here, but everyone who hates the Patriots will love this. And actually, everyone who loves it will enjoy this, okay. too. So when the Patriots actually won the game, when it was official, I was standing there. Grant was there. There were a lot of other people there, too. I was by far the biggest Patriots fan, I think, at the, yeah. watching the game. And... Uh, I just started spouting off stuff like, Tom Grady, the greatest of all time, the greatest dynasty in the history of sport, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach, nine Super Bowl trips, you know, five out of seven. I was just going on and on. Was that the worst, or, or have there been even was, worse moments in your life? I was pretty drunk, so it was okay. Oh, yeah. there you go. See, drunk helping you that yeah, time. Yeah, it did. So maybe get drunk for this one. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of pain for you, buddy. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it was an incredible Super Bowl. It truly was. And it does cement their legacy. Like, no matter what happens in the future, they both Belichick and Brady have to be in contention, at least in everybody's mind, for greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, admittedly, I'm a Patriots fan, but I actually have been a holdout on Tom Brady anyway for a long time. I've always said up until right about now that Joe Montana is the best player of all time for me. Definitely the best quarterback of all time and the best player. Of all. I think I put him ahead of Jerry Rice, whether that's fair or not. But Tom Brady, I got to give it to him now. Like, it's too much. He made the greatest comeback of all time and yeah. the biggest game of all time. With the Deflategate stuff, at age 39, he was also second in MVP voting this year. I mean, I don't even know what else to say. Is he older now than when Peyton Manning turned into a shitty player? I think he is. Actually, I think it was the same age. Pay- so maybe, got ne- hurt. maybe next year is when, when Brady turns into a shitty player? It's possible. He has uh, said he wants to sign an extension, and the Patriots have said they are certainly going to sign him to that extension. So be like another three years. So we're going to watch mean, it happen. A year ago, he said he wanted to play till he was 50. Well, no, 45 is the actual number. And him and his uh, workout guy, his big trainer, um, gave an interview after the Super Bowl and said, Tom has always said he wants to play till he's 45. We still completely believe that. We know most people don't. We're planning on that. Huh. So that's six more years, I guess. I mean, we'll see. I don't see how that's possible. Tom's going to take one big hit, and it's going to be over, right? Yeah, he's becoming an old man of football. Yeah. He's probably top five oldest in the league at this point, right? Uh, Yeah. Oh, I got to imagine. Yeah. Like who, it's him and some kickers. Maybe Is there any quarterback older than him? Probably not. There might be one. Maybe a backup somewhere as old as Is Charlie Batch still like third stringer? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Is uh, one of the Hasselbeck brothers still around, though, like Matt Hasselbeck? No. He's finally done? He's been done for a couple years, I think. Well, no, I think he played last year. He was a backup last year for somebody. Two years ago, I believe. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. All right. Let's not get into Tom Brady so much as talking about the game itself. Okay. So It was what, a blowout. For so long. It was. I, I was just thinking, man, this is a terrible Super Bowl. Yeah. I remember turning to Jonathan during the game and saying, wow, I guess Atlanta was for real. Like, their defense was bad. They figured it out somehow, and their defense is now amazing. And they're just crushing the Patriots. And nobody can do anything against them. The Packers got crushed by them. The Seahawks got crushed by them. Crushed. They're just crushing everybody. I guess they're just the best. It was weird because they really weren't that in the regular season. You know, they went 11-5. Yeah. and five. They gave up a lot of points, but their defense seemed to completely put it together in the playoffs. And then with that offense, which was the best offense in the league this year, and actually I think the fifth highest scoring offense of all time, 
Yeah, they looked like they were unstoppable. It was 28-3, to and it didn't look like it was going to turn around. That's right. for sure. Well, we often talk about how football is high variance because of the small sample size. Sure. So it might just be that they had their beginning of the season Vikings run at the right time, except yeah. it ended one game too early. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's right. it ended one quarter too early, I guess, because they, they were looking like that up until the fourth quarter, pretty much. That is true. It's weird, though, because... Especially the Packers and the Patriots had these offenses that were just humming along and then really seemed shut down by these guys. Yeah. Now, the Patriots ultimately were not shut down. They figured out. But James White had 14 catches. Yeah, 14 catches, three touchdowns. Yeah. No biggie. Greatest uh, PPR fantasy Super Bowl performance of all time. Cool. That's a real thing. Yeah. I'm saying it. I'm calling it. So what do you what do you make of this Falcons thing? Do you think it's just variance and they're clearly not as good as they looked for a little while, just like the Vikings? I think they're not as good as they looked. Yeah. I like if they were as good as they looked, then they should be the favorite to win next year, right? Brady's a yeah. year older. They're gonna the Patriots are gonna lose some players. The Falcons are younger. Matt Ryan's like thirty one. But they're not the favorites to win. In fact, according to Vegas, they're the number three team to win with the Both the Packers? No, actually after the Cowboys. Oh, okay. That makes I think, sense. I think they have the same odds as the Packers, which okay. also seems about right. Um I would guess, without really knowing anything, I would guess the Falcons are gonna kinda of fall off a cliff and not have nearly as good a year next year. That seems likely. I mean, not that we're any sort of guru, but when we were talking about at the beginning of the playoffs, who was going to come out of the NFC, neither of us thought the Falcons. Oh, no. You thought Seahawks, I thought Packers. I mean, the Falcons were mediocre the year before. Yeah. And it wouldn't be, I mean, if they go nine and seven next year, it won't be shocking, right? Matt and Ryan had by far the best year of his career. If he's able to match that, maybe then they're going to be really good. But it seems unfair to ask him to have to replicate that when he's never done, he's 31 or whatever he is. He's never done that before. I don't know why we think he's going to do, do you it think, again. Do you think Matt Ryan is never going to replicate that? Or do you think that was real? Like, do you, do you think he just got super lucky all year or something just clicked and it's going to unclick or what? I would guess something clicked and it's going to unclick, which is different than being lucky. You know, yeah. it seems like a lot of quarterbacks have one prime year where they just, everything comes together and they're at their absolute best. And it's for a bunch of reasons, probably personnel, health, opponents, Can you give matchups. any examples that are as extreme as Matt Ryan, who's been an above average quarterback his whole career and this year was clearly MVP worthy? I mean, here's an example. I don't know if it's a great example, but in 2007, Tom Brady threw 50 touchdown passes and no one had ever done that before. And I think his high before that was like 34 or something. It's different. I mean, somebody who's was never really considered a top three quarterback ever. And oh. this year, Matt Ryan clearly was the best quarterback. Um, well, you could argue Brady, but that's, okay. that would be it. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, I think Ryan should have won the MVP. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, um, but yeah, that's okay. That's a fair question. Uh, well, Carson Palmer. Yeah. He was never a top three quarterback. And then last year, he was in the MVP discussion all the way. Yeah, that's not a bad analogy. It's not, a, it's not incredible. I'll give you that. Rich Gannon came on really late. But then yeah. he, stayed, he stayed the same. It isn't like he had one year right. of of um, being good. So that's not a good example from my side. I don't know if I can think of that. There's a bunch of guys who get good old when they get a little older and then stay really good. So maybe that's Matt Ryan. Maybe. Maybe it is. I mean, they also had this incredible offensive line. They yeah. had a spectacular rushing attack the whole time. Yeah, th- those two running backs are very good. And their offensive line makes it yeah. easy. And also with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan throwing the ball so well, it's so, much, so easy for those guys. Yeah. So, and Sanu was actually pretty good, too. He was. Yeah. So if some of that doesn't work out as well next year, you know, if the offensive line loses some guys, be it to injury or free agency or whatever it might be, maybe the whole thing is the whole house of cards falls down a little bit. You know, it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. Fair enough. Also, you lose a little bit on the defensive side and maybe, you know, yeah, you score a lot, but you just give up so many points. It doesn't matter. And you're nine and seven 
or seven and nine. I mean, these things happen all the time. The Cardinals were so good last year; they had a losing record this year. The Carolina Panthers, the Cardinals, right? Make, they, neither team made the playoffs. Like for sure, we I I expected the, the Panthers Broncos to be didn't great. Make the playoffs, right? I mean, Cam Newton is actually an example of what we were of what you were just asking sure. about. Like he. He waxed so hard, and now he's waning. Yeah. Right? And then he waned. And now he got hit super hard in game one, and yeah. it seemed like the concussions were a big part of it, but that is part of football. And Matt Ryan's going to get hit pretty hard, too. People are going to yeah. come after Matt Ryan all next year, every shot, every chance they get. Right. It's so. crazy this year that the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Cardinals all failed to make the playoffs, and they all failed pretty badly, well, which the, is weird. The Broncos were 9-7 and seven and only missed by one game. Yeah, but they were the Super Bowl champions, and their quarterback situation, while not great this year, was not worse than having old-ass Peyton dead Manning. It might have been slightly worse, but if, if it was, it was only slightly worse. I'll yeah. give you that. Uh, yeah, it was a little strange, for sure. Here's some other interesting numbers, by the way, from the Super Bowl. Okay, All right. Some stuff that I don't know if you know about or not. Total plays. Do you know about this? Nope. So the Falcons ran 46 plays, offensive plays. Yeah. The Patriots ran 93. Wow. There's never been a disparity that big in a Super Bowl, I think maybe in any NFL game, possibly, in history, certainly in a Super Bowl. The Falcons had 17 first downs. The Patriots had 37 first downs. I mean, these numbers are ridiculous. How did the Patriots not score so, like, so many more points than they did? Uh, you know, bad things kept happening. Turnovers. I don't know. They, they, yeah, they, they, had, they, owned, they had, what, two turnovers, right? Yeah, I think so. So in the, for the pick six, they were already down pretty deep in Atlanta territory, so they had a big... A big drive already. Man, that moment, the pick six moment, you thought it was over for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was, I thought two touchdowns was comebackable for Tom Brady specifically in the Patriots. Three touchdowns didn't seem likely. Not to me anyway. Total yards for this game. Atlanta, 344. It's respectable. It's fine. Patriots, 546. Wow. Now, in fairness, the overtime drive, the Patriots went 75 yards yeah. and got a bunch of first downs, and Atlanta never got the ball. So sure. it does sort of skew things a little bit, but still. But look at this. Yards per play. Patriots 5.9. It's not bad. Atlanta 7.5. This is one of the reasons why. They, they just did so well yeah. so often. that. It, but time of possession then shows up that way too. Atlanta only held the ball for 23 and a half minutes for the game. Patriots had it for over 40. I mean, that's weird. It's, it's a weird disparity for such a close game. All those numbers make you think the Patriots should have blown them out. Yes. If you didn't know anything, you would think the Pats blew them out. But this goes to something that happened in the game, which is the Falcons had this lead, right? They were up 28 to 12, and there was 940 to go in the game, right? Yeah. So they were crushing them. They're up two scores, which includes both two-point conversions, just to be tied. This is the amount of times they ran the ball and the, and the time when they did it, okay? okay? Since that moment, 940 left, up 28 to 12. At 940, Tevin Coleman ran the ball for eight yards. At nine minutes, he ran up the middle for one yard, got injured. At 5.18, Devontae ran to the right for two yards. And at 4.40, he ran to the left for one yard. And that's all the runs they did? They had four runs. They were up 16 with, <laughs> with nine, four, nine minutes and 40 seconds left. They ran the ball four times. Now, I may not agree with Chuck Pagano, right. but maybe he would have been a better fourth quarter coach for the Falcons in this game. I mean, it's... He would have run the ball every, every down, right? I, he really might have. And yeah. it, at that point, it would have worked out probably pretty well because... I don't think you could lose if you just ran the ball every down. It's possible. No, you could still lose. You could absolutely of lose. Of course, with 940 left, you could lose. But when the, when the Falcons were at the Patriots' 22-yard line, and there was like three and a half minutes to go, yeah. give or take, maybe it was four minutes, but it was something like that, right? And, uh, and it was first down after that incredible Julio Jones catch. Yeah. 
which looked like it sealed the Super Bowl for them. They were going to kick a field goal. They're going to go up 10. There wasn't going to be enough time left for the Patriots. The Falcons were going to win. Like, mm-hmm. I immediately, I was all excited because they had cut it to eight, and then that Julio made that catch, and I sat back down and said, well, it was, a, it was a great try. I'm glad they, you know, showed some heart, et cetera, et cetera. So on the first play is Devontae running that ball. So it actually was with 440 left. He lost a yard, so they're at the 23-yard line. Still yeah. a 40-yard field goal. They have a Pro Bowl field goal kicker, to be clear. Yeah. So he's going to hit that most of the time. The next play, Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coordinator, soon to be coach of the 49ers, actually <laughs> yeah. currently now the coach of the 49ers, calls a pass play. Matt Ryan takes a 12-yard sack. Yep, I remember that. So that was pretty bad. That puts him back to the 35-yard line. Now it's a 52-yard field goal. Still makeable, but much less likely. Yeah. Now you're probably, what, a little under 50%. And if you miss it, the Patriots have great field position. Right. You're going to have to take a shot. I think right there, if you were to run the ball into the line on third down, not get any yards, you have to go for that field goal, right? Yeah. Because if you hit it, the game's over. Right. Or effectively over. Yeah. And if you miss it, you're still up by eight. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So, but they don't do that. On third down, they feel like they need to get some extra yards. So Matt Ryan goes back, actually throws a completion. Picks up and gets the ball back to the 25-yard line, but there's a holding call, and they lose another 10 yards, and it's third and 33. (laughs) Okay. Now, time is, you know, also stopped every time, you know, there's... I mean, the the sack time wasn't stopped, but on the penalty, that stops the clock. Fair enough. They get get the ball again. Now, it's third and 33. It's a 62-yard field goal attempt from here, so I can understand why they'd want to pass the ball. Sure. That I get. But it does play into the Patriots' hands a little bit in that it controls the clock. It helps yeah. them. Matt Ryan throws the ball out of bounds. They punt. Yep. Patriots take over at the nine-yard line, and the rest is history. The Edelman catch. Yeah, they, the, the, um, the Edelman catch. The Edelman catch is a legendary catch. It's the second-best catch in Super Bowl history? I kind of think it's as good as the Tyree catch, even though I hate the Patriots and all people you who think- like the Patriots. Okay, it's a, as good as is interesting though. Like, let's say you know you had to pick between the two. You've got a one is number one. Which one is it? Uh, it's really tough. I understand, but there's a gun to your head, and they're going to kill not just you, but everyone you've ever met. <laughs> I think I take the Edelman catch. Really? Yeah. How come? Maybe it was just about the angle they got on it that kind of made it a little sexy or something. But it was like so cool. There were three Falcons like interlocking legs with each other yeah. and with Edelman, and the ball bounces around, and you can see like the half inch it's off the ground, and him grabbing it, and it's like clearly a catch. Yeah, and it's how can anybody ever reach out of that mass of bodies and catch it? Like I don't know, something about that was really cool. It was amazing, yeah, for sure. I like the Tyree catch more, even though that hurt me as a Patriots fan. Sure. The Edelman catch helps me. I think the Tyree catch is more impressive. Not so much the initial catch, but as he comes down, his back bends on uh, Rodney. Uh, what's the safety's name? He's now on the NBC. Oh, oh Harrison. Harrison. Rodney, Rodney Harrison's Harrison. uh, leg. It bounces, and somehow the ball. He like keeps hold of the ball against the helmet. Keeps it trapped against the helmet as he you know dips down toward backwards towards the ground. It's an extraordinary catch. They're both extraordinary. Maybe catches. I have to watch them both a bunch of times to yeah. really make an assessment. They they were both huge at the moment too. They were both yeah. late in the game, and both teams needed it. Yeah, they had to have it. So it's good stuff. Yeah, man, that yeah. game was incredible. Okay, is this the best Super Bowl of all time? At least in your lifetime that you you're in my aware lifetime of? when I was cognizant of what was going on. Sure. Let's see what the candidates are. Yeah. Um, Rams Titans. Yes. That was an incredible ending. To Amazing. Super Bowl. I don't know Amazing if you can beat game. that ending ever. The, like the one yard away. Spectacular. Yeah. This. Um, I guess this beats two years ago when the Patriots won, but that was a great ending to incredible a Super Bowl. Incredible ending. Um, what else are some good ones? I mean, Giants beating them for the oh, perfect Giants season. Yeah. That's Ooh. pretty amazing. So I guess those are the major candidates. Pittsburgh, Arizona. 
That was a great oh, the game. Jim Harrison return. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It came down to the very end. Yeah. Those I, are, I think those are the main candidates. I don't know if I can pick one out of those, but this is definitely worthy of being number one. Okay. Because of the level of comeback, especially. It's the biggest comeback. Yeah. And also sort of like the there's some meta stuff surrounding it, too. There's Deflategate. There's the whole, oh, my gosh, Roger Goodell's going to have to hand the trophy to Roger to Robert Kraft and shake Tom Brady's hand. And then those guys get the mic and can say whatever they want. So that sort of played into it a little bit, to at least for some of us watching the game. It made it even a little bit more interesting in terms of the comeback. Not that... Ultimately, it was about winning the game, and that's that's the big part of it. That's the headline. But there's this other little bit. I think I got to give it to the 2007 Giants. Actually, I think the underdog factor is huge. Yeah, I think the Patriots didn't come in as underdogs. If they came in as 10 point underdogs, it's different. Yeah, fair enough. I think that makes a big difference. To me, another game I would put up in the in the um, contention anyway for best game of all time is the Patriots beating the Rams in 2002, where the where the Rams actually were 14 point favorites and the okay. pat and the, the game was tied with two minutes to go and that's when brady let him down the field and vinitieri kicked that field goal but again i may that may be a patriots fantasy yeah. happening can but we stop talking about the patriots now it's hard I'm gonna, it's i hard. think it's time to stop um let's see if there's anything else to say no quickly. <laughs> fuck the patriots uh, all right this is a good place to stop all right it's an incredible super bowl it's quarter number two we're going to get into some nba or as we used to call it on drunk sports the National Basketball Association. But now that we've rebranded, we can't call it that anymore, right? No, we're going to call it Sports NATO Presents, the National Basketball Association. So we're a sponsor of the NBA? Do we have to pay them? <laughs> I don't. No, want... they pay us to be a sponsor. Sports NATO Presents? <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> the National Basketball Association Presents Sports NATO with Grant and Jonathan. How's that? That sounds good. That's good, right? All right, we'll do that. We better get some do money. Do we have to pay them for that, or how's that work? They better pay us. Maybe they will. Well, we have to ask. If we don't ask, you can't get. We should go to summer tryouts. Maybe they'll pay us because we're players on teams. That would be a great way to make money. Yeah. I mean, I would be on the bench probably and getting pizzed. <laughs> that's the that's the way to do it. <laughs> For sure. Hey, someone who's not on the bench very often is Carmelo Anthony. He doesn't like going to the bench. He does not. He doesn't like lots of things. Passing the ball. Also, tuna. He's a big, big famous hater of tuna. Oh, yeah? Is that so? Yeah, he likes the fried flounder. You just made that up. You don't know what I made up. <laughs> anyway, Kevin Ding, who is a NBA senior writer for Bleacher Report, wrote an article just today, actually. And the title is that Phil Jackson nicks doomed by wanting Carmelo to be something he's not. And it starts like this. It's a common story in sports. Often it's apparent. In an inordinate amount of times, it's a coach or a mentor. Someone wants it more for the athlete than the athlete wants it for himself. You can't just download someone else's vision for achievement, greatness, or even teamwork into a particularly gifted body. And on and on it goes. You can sort yeah. of imagine from there, right? So basically the point being Carmelo is a very talented basketball player who doesn't put in the right type of work to become truly great. That is pretty much right on. Okay. Okay. Phil Jackson read this article and tweeted out today, Bleacher's Ding, of course Kevin Ding's the writer, yeah. almost rings the bell. But I learned you don't change the spot on a leopard with Michael Graham in my CBA days. Now, to be clear, when he says CBA, he means Continental Basketball Association. Back when he was the coach, one of the coaches there, and he actually was coach of the year many years and before he took over the Bulls. And Michael Graham was a player of his who he famously could not get to. He could not sort of reach. And in fact, um, he said he can't want... Sorry, that's not correct. He said, nothing I said made any difference. Whenever I tried to talk to him, this is him referencing Graham in his memoir, by the way. His eyes would glaze over, and he'd retreat to some dark inner corner nobody could penetrate. 
and he ultimately released Graham. So he's comparing Carmelo to this player. Yeah, that's not great. So shots fired is what I'm saying. Yeah, Phil Jackson's been getting in the fray a bit recently, hasn't he? Yes, he has. I mean, I think there's a couple things going on here. Yeah. All right, Carmelo is a disappointment. Let's be clear about that. He's a disappointing player for what his expectation was when he was drafted. And he actually was pretty good his first couple years in the Nuggets. I, I feel like he tried harder then. Like he tried harder on defense and he was just a better player then. I want to stop for a second and rewind to you saying he's a disappointment. So he's the number, what, two overall pick, right? Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty high up. But he's had a strong career overall, has he not? He's averaging something. I don't know what his career averages are. I'm guessing like 23, 24 points a game, six rebounds. I'm not talking about statistically. Okay, what are you talking about? I just about? mean, since his Nuggets days, it seems like he is kind of the T.O. of basketball. He's not as bad, yeah, but he doesn't play for winning teams. No. And it seems like it's because, not about his off-the-court stuff, but on the court, he's just a black hole for the ball, and he is not a team player. And he doesn't seem to care, and he doesn't want to change that, and that's kind of what Phil Jackson is saying. Yeah. So I'm just saying, in Phil Jackson's eyes, for what he wants Carmelo to be, he wants, you know, Phil Jackson's spoiled. He had Michael Jordan, he had Kobe Bryant. He wants him to be that guy. Yeah. Right? And he's just not. Right. So in Phil Jackson's eyes, that is a disappointment, right? Absolutely. Because he's used to such high standards, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, I think this is partially Phil Jackson lashing out because he's been fucking up the Knicks, at least in some capacity. Whether he's fucking it up or just not helping enough to get him out of fucked whatever's happening, Phil Jackson has failed at his job there so far. And he's trying to blame Carmelo and not himself. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on here. By the way, it's well articulated about why Carmelo was indeed a disappointment. It's hard to disagree with you when you said it that way. Just let Thank you know. you. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot going on here, though, in terms of Phil and Carmelo and the jobs they've, they're doing or have done. Carmelo is one of those guys that looks like who puts up pretty numbers, sort of like what you're saying. Yeah. But like a lot of the advanced stats guys really don't like him and think he hurts the team. When he was traded to the Knicks, there were a lot of advanced stats guys saying that Nuggets had done better and would be better immediately, not just eventually, immediately losing Carmelo and adding like Wilson Chandler and Danilo Gallinari, which, in fact, seems to have been the case. Right? Yeah. The Knicks... Only had, the Knicks did have winning records with, with Carmelo, but were never very good. Now they're just bad. Right. Right. Um, I think Phil Jackson, while he may be trying to deflect a little bit some of the blame about why the Knicks are so poor, there may be other things going on, too, in that he may be preparing the New York public for a Carmelo trade. Well, obviously, they're trying to trade Carmelo. They tried to get Kevin Love for Carmelo. Well, sure. Of course, yeah. they tried to get I mean, Kevin Love right now. You'd, he's younger, and you'd rather have him, right? Yeah. But if... The thing is this, like when you're since they're not going to get a superstar or anything close to that for Carmelo now. Carmelo's got a crazy big deal. He's only getting older. I mean, the Celtics are one of the few teams who could really take him on if they wanted to, and they are clearly not interested in that. Why would they be? Right. Like, what's the point? Yeah. So, and they why would they want to give up any assets at all to take out a contract that is brutal for the next several years as the guy gets older and worse and is not the kind of player you want on your team, right? right. So, there's only a few teams that are even really interested. One, though, is the Clippers. Okay. Doc Rivers and the Clippers are supposedly very interested if they don't have to give up one of their own big three, or even, yeah, actually, big three, because JJ Redick would most likely go in the yeah. trade coming back. And that's a deal that maybe can work for everyone, which gets the Knicks out of salary cap hell. 
which would be nice for them. And the Clippers get to add another piece, which they kind of need to try and do at least because I don't think the current team is going to get past the Warriors. You know, they're just not going to ever but do that. But is Carmelo actually going to help or is he just going to be a black hole again? I mean, if you're Doc Rivers, you just don't worry about it, right? You're just like, whatever. Ubuntu. That's what he said to the Celtics in 2007 and it all worked out. So, okay. Maybe I'll just say that. Right. It's possible. <laughs> well, well, I mean, maybe Doc would just bench Carmelo if it started to be bad. No, come on. All right. Doc well, would never do that. All right. So this is my uneducated view on Carmelo Anthony. Cool. Uh, and it's it's already been implicit in what we've been saying, but this is kind of how I think the guys who know around the NBA probably think of him. He's very talented, but he's a super ISO player. And if you ever want to run an actual offensive system, he's not the guy for you. Right. Because he's going to just do his ISO thing, and maybe he'll pass it a couple times, but it's going to be really hard for him to take a role in a system where he's not always the focal point. I mean, you would think to have Carmelo be very effective, you need one of a few things working very well. One would be a great defensive team. So almost the way Iverson played for the 76ers back in the day where they sort of just subjugated themselves to him offensively, worked super hard on defense, and it worked. However, Iverson, a far better offensive player than Carmelo Anthony. Eh, I mean, better for sure. I don't know about far better. He was pretty good. Uh, Carmelo's got a lot of things in Iverson, though, i.e. height. Yeah. You know, that sure. makes it a lot easier, right? Uh, yeah. Also, probably a better shooter than Iverson was. In fact, right. definitely a better shooter. Well, Iverson was great, okay? Iverson, I think, was overrated, actually, oh. much the way people think Carmelo is overrated, in my mind, anyway. Really? But, you think absolutely. he's as bad as Carmelo? Um, I think they are of a similar ilk. They're cut from the similar cloth. Huh. I don't like, know if I see it that they way. They both take a lot of shots. They don't do a whole lot else, you know? Anyway, but let's move on from that piece right now and, and stay focused okay. on Carmelo and, and the Knicks. Um, the other thing which really stands out to me, though, about the Knicks is, so Phil Jackson did one thing very, very well for the Knicks. He drafted Chris Stapp's Porzingis. That was good. That yeah. guy's good. Now, in some ways, you could argue it sort of fell in his lap. He had the fourth overall pick. The first three guys were always going one, two, three. But Phil had a pick of a bunch of guys, and he took Chris Stapp's, and that's a guy who a lot of, a lot of teams probably wouldn't have taken fourth. So yeah. you got to give him some credit for that. However... The thing that makes Porzingis so valuable is that he can play the five, and they yeah. don't have him playing the five. In fact, they signed, was it Robin Lopez? Yes, Robin Lopez to play the five. Yeah. And they gave Rob Lopez a four-year deal. I think it's four years, $72 million to play the five. So Chris Stapps is a four, which you lose a lot of his value as a four. So Phil Jackson did something great, but then made it like mitigated it right away. Maybe the Knicks would immediately be a lot better if they put Carmelo at the four and Chris Stapps at the five. I think they would. I think that would really help them. That would be interesting to see, at least. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> maybe maybe if that Cavs deal did go through for some reason, like the Cavs knew that Kevin Love had terminal cancer and, and they weren't going to reveal that until after the trade or something. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, sure. that's kind of the only way I can see that deal going through. I mean, that would not be allowed to go through if right. that happened. But go on. They could, they could feign arrogance or ignorance. But <laughs> they they would, the deal would still be reversed. They would have to actually um, pay off the doctors and stuff like that, too. You know. Like yeah. in The Fugitive, like fake the tests and stuff like that. You remember The Fugitive? Yeah, One-Armed Man. Yeah, yeah, he, good stuff. He did it, The One-Armed Man. I don't care, remember? Yeah, I do I do remember that. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. That's what Chris Tapps said? Chris Tapps said that? Yeah, Chris Tapps is like, I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, I think if that trade did go through somehow, that might be a situation in which Carmelo could s- succeed when you have LeBron, who's such a dominant personality, and he's just going to basically beat Carmelo into submission mm-hmm. and is just so good that he can make Carmelo better. Maybe in that situation, Carmelo could actually be a good, efficient player. Uh, That would help, actually. Carmelo would surely know that he was the number two option at best on that team. And Kyrie just don't care. Right. So 
I know Kyrie just wouldn't pass him the ball as much as Carmelo would want. But also, he'd be going to the World Champs, so he'd have to be willing. You would assume he'd have to be willing to subjugate a little bit, yeah. right? Right, a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, the Knicks need to get rid of Robin Lopez for sure, or just start Kristaps uh, at the at the five. I, I just mean, Robin Lopez could be that. a great backup center, just not at you know eighteen million a year. Yeah. You're That's paying true. him like he's eating up your – him and Carmelo are destroying your chances at getting free agency, man. You know, getting free agents, I should say. At really, least they're not the Nets. They're not the Nets. They have that going for them. But that's not a whole lot to say anymore. The Nets are by far the worst team in the league. True. But, like, I mean, it's a big difference, a big gulf between having Chris Tapps and not having Chris Tapps. You know, like, yeah. that's a huge asset. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how old is Porzingis? He's like 21. 20. I think he's, he came into the league when he was 19. So he's either 20 or 21 now. Okay, so wow. Yeah, I mean, here's a question. Is Chris Stapps a top 10 asset in the NBA? Not player, but asset. Uh, we could go over it. Let's do it quickly. You ready? Okay. We got a little time here. Giannis, Towns, Davis. Keep going. LeBron. He's got to be ahead of him still. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Durant. Durant. You take all those guys ahead of him. Westbrook Harden? Yeah, you just got yeah. Those guys are 27 years old. They've got to be That's ahead already of nine or eight. I'm at eight, but yeah. That's so, so probably. So maybe he's top, top 20. 20. Top 20 asset. Though. Yeah. Top For sure, he's maybe even top 15. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. He could get so good. He could be He could be ultimately MVP, you know, in five years or something. It could it's be. possible. I don't think it's going to happen. Except that Giannis is going to be MVP eight times in a row. Right, of course. But yeah. the, the, the sports writers will, won't keep giving it to him. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, okay. They just, you know. Like Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like Jordan and like LeBron. Yeah. And like Shaq. Right. That's what they do. They just stop giving it to the guy. So, um, yeah, so that's the good thing, but Phil Jackson can't seem to get out of his own way. By the way, he also seems to do a terrible job hiring coaches. Yes. He did try to hire Steve Kerr. That would have been smart. But at the same point, maybe Steve Kerr would have failed and we would have thought he did a terrible job hiring coaches maybe. anyway. Steve like, Kerr looks pretty smart, but he's on the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Makes it easier. Like, Luke Walton looked pretty good on the Warriors, too, for yeah. a while. Hey, I want to tell a little story. Just Please. about LeBron. Okay. Okay, so I was playing poker the other day, which is something that I do. Yes. Frequently. And... um the dealer was telling me, this is what he said to me, and I, I can't sleep because he, he said this to me, and I argued with him for hours, it felt like. Really? He said, Scottie Pippen was as good as LeBron James. That's what he said. Is this guy from Chicago? No. He's from Oakland. He's like an old school guy, right? Yeah. That's what he is. Yeah, he's an old school guy. Right. I wonder why he thinks that. I don't know. He just said they have the same game, and Scottie Pippen just was behind Michael, and that's the only reason he wasn't the same as LeBron James. Does the guy not remember that Scottie Pippen left to go to other teams and did not do as well? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> I guess isn't because he was on the Trailblazers, yeah. and the Blazers famously lost to the Lakers, in fact, in Game 7, and Pippen, I think, never even got back to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, you would think if he was truly as good as LeBron, he would be able to engineer that himself i would definitely think yeah. so you sorry know. for that sidetrack it's just been bothering me that that guy said that well it's good that you got it off your chest yeah for sure i mean this is the sport nato by the way his nickname is no tippin pippin with grant jonathan have you heard of that no tippin pippin yeah it's because we're because he won't he won't just put the tip in <laughs> is that what that's about <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is no <laughs> <laughs> we we are in portland where he spent some of his career as you just yeah. referenced and so people around portland know about the reputation scotty pippin accrued here which was that no matter how big a bill at a restaurant, you would tip $0. $4,000 bill, $0 tip. I mean, you're probably not getting a $4,000 bill too often. I mean, whatever. $100 bill, $0 tip. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So that's, that's his reputation. That's brutal. Yeah. That's tough. I bet LeBron tips. 
When he, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a Bulls fan, by the way, and I'm like incensed by the idea that Scottie Pippen's as good as LeBron James. Well, of course. I yeah. mean, you were arguing with me before we did this segment that LeBron is the second best player of all time and maybe belongs on the Rushmore, Mount Rushmore of sports, yeah. i.e. one of the four best athletes, at least in American sports of all time, right? You know, we... I mean, I'm not sure about that. You're making the case for it, at least, right? You're you're considering it. I don't think he's yet one of he. I don't think he's yet the second best NBA player of all time, but I think he's on the path to being it. Okay, that's totally reasonable. Yeah, just wait. Maybe he's going to be number one. I hope not. It's not impossible. No, Jordan. Don't you want to like watch all of it as it happens in front of you? Hey, also, if you're one of those people who thinks Kobe Bryant was better than Michael Jordan, then you can fucking turn this off right now. I'm done with that. I mean, you can keep listening. <laughs> I'm done with it's that. It's fine idea. to keep listening. Gentlemen can disagree. It doesn't have to be about, you know, everything's con- conflict all the I time. I mean, but that's so absurd. Of course it's absurd. Of course they're ridiculous and stupid about it. But <laughs> we can disagree and be honorable and okay. friendly and gentlemanly and proper and uh, polite that's not and what, polite. That's not what this podcast is about. You know what this podcast is about? Get what? caught up in the Sharknado. The Sharknado? Try that again. <laughs> Getting caught up in the sport NATO with Grant and Jonathan. Let me let me try to do that one. All right, go ahead. Getting caught up in the sport NATO with Grant and Jonathan. <laughs> you always, whenever you do the voice, you always do it that way. But it's better. It's not. It's, it's Tag your tweets. <laughs> Hashtag Grant's voice is better. <laughs> it's too long. There's not enough characters in a they tweet. Just, they only have to do that one. They don't have to write any other words. No, no, no. Write other things. Okay. I think this is about time for halftime. Oh, huh? my gosh. See you after the half. The second half begins. The Sportnado gets even more unrelenting. Wow. With That's Grant, crazy. With Grant and Jonathan. We don't have to keep saying that. It's going to be like your new national thing. What are you talking about? Where you're like, with Granny Jaden. <laughs> it's like every single time you say something, you have to say the other thing. Like when you're the, talking about the NBA, you always, this is a Jonathan impression. Okay. We're going to talk about the National Basketball Association. <laughs> so funny. I said national. That's, you what know, you sound um, like. That's what you sound like. One of our super fans, Jay Recker, made a Venn diagram. Yes. And he I put saw that was Basketball great. Association that was great. and Football league and with two circles and he had the word national in the overlapping that's good because you were talking about how much you love venn diagrams it was like it was like made for me it was i was very happy with that (laughs) yeah that was good thank you jay that was pretty cool yeah so i showed that to grave though he's not allowed to normally look at the twitter he was allowed to look at that one yeah so right now our twitter feed is still uh at drunk sports show yeah that'll change eventually it will but right now we're at drunk sports show yeah so uh, if you want to tweet in your suggestions, thoughts, ideas, or LTGFIs, you know what to do. Yep. At Drunk Sports Show. Okay. So let's talk about the NFL. Yes. The what? National Football League. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> With Grant and Jonathan. So Matt Ryan, Super Bowl losing quarterback. He did lose the Super Bowl. He did. He was looking like he was going to win, but he lost. He won the MVP. Yeah. Must have felt pretty good. Deserved it. Yeah. I don't think anyone can say he did not deserve it. Tom Brady came in second. Seemed pretty reasonable. Yeah. He also won the Offensive Player of the Year Award. That was weird to me. Usually they give it to somebody else. Usually a skill player. Pretty much always. Yeah. Yeah. They usually give it to another quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver. Yeah. That's it. But they give it to the same guy. Thoughts? I think it makes sense if you're going to be logical to give Offensive Player of the Year to the MVP. Yeah. Because... they're supposed to be the best, right? Yeah. Although there is a slight distinction because MVP contains the word valuable in it. And Offensive Player of the Year 
has no mention of value. It's just talking about being a good offensive player, right? Yeah. So clearly MVP should always be a quarterback, whereas offensive player of the year is an opportunity to recognize one of the skill positions because maybe they actually are better at their position than the best quarterback who then won MVP. Right. right? Which maybe. I would argue this year that happened, by the way. I don't think it was the great quarterback year. It was good, yeah. but it wasn't amazing. Like I think David Johnson had a better year than Matt Ryan, if Dave, we go by position. David Johnson did finish third in offensive player of the year voting. It's crazy to me that he was that low. Who's second? Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I mean... doesn't sound so crazy when we say it I feel loud, like right? quarterbacks should just probably be exempt from that voting. Here's the weird thing. Okay. So it went Ryan, Rodgers, Johnson, and Offensive Player of the Year. In MVP, top three are Ryan, Brady, Ezekiel, Elliott. Okay, so... How can that be? I know how it can be. Because they're saying wins matter? Yeah, but I don't know why Brady instead of Rodgers in that case. Right. Rodgers finished fifth. Derek Carr finished fourth. Dak Prescott finished sixth. Okay, so but so uh, it should be about winning then if you're going to make it MVP yeah. different than offensive player, but that doesn't make sense to replace David Johnson with Ezekiel Elliott for the MVP thing. Why? Because the only difference is the Cowboys won and the Cardinals lost a lot, right? Yeah. David Johnson clearly had a better year. Okay, but for MVP, isn't the whole you're saying wins matter, right? Yes. Like okay. they're never going to no one's ever going to vote for an MVP for a guy who's on a losing team. Okay, so what I I guess I kind of got convoluted there. What I mean okay. to say is it makes sense to me why they would replace David Johnson with Ezekiel in the MVP versus offensive player. It doesn't make sense to me why they would replace Aaron Rodgers with Tom Brady. Because right. both had winning seasons. Right. Yeah. Both, now, Brady won more. Brady actually only lost one game all season but as But he played four fewer. Yeah. But no, yeah. but then he played three playoff games, too, because okay. they didn't count that at yeah. the time. Yeah. No. So, yeah, he went 11-1, and one, which yeah. is pretty darn good. And I think the—did um, Aaron Rodgers go 10-6 and six or 11-5? and five, One of those. 10-6, and six. So, you know, so he lost a lot more games. I don't know. I mean, but the thing is this. Brady had a better year than Rodgers anyway. Rogers I don't, I don't pretty, know. Rodgers had a pretty good year. Rodgers had a great year. Yeah. Brady had a great year. I, I don't know. I think if we're going to have Offensive Player of the Year and MVP, I don't think we should give Offensive Player of the Year to a quarterback. I think that's fine. Or I think if you win the MVP, you shouldn't be allowed to win another award. Yeah. Because like, if you win MVP and you're um, J.J. Watt... Right. Do you also just win Defensive Player of the Year automatically? Of course you should, right? Or you should just not be eligible for it. Yeah. It should be one or the other, right? But right now you're eligible, but usually the MVP doesn't win, but this year he does, and what's going on? Yeah. And what's even happening in the world? I mean, David Johnson had such an incredible year. I feel like that guy deserved it. I mean, he did finish third. That's yeah. pretty good. Don't yeah. you think that's pretty good? I mean, he was on a bad team, and he got 2,100 total yards and 20 touchdowns, including 80 catches as a running back. I mean, that's a lot. Didn't what was it? Pro Football Focus that rated all the best different types of players, mm-hmm. and they, they said the best receiver was David Johnson. That's right, they did. That's crazy. They did. Now they also said Tom Brady had the best season of any quarterback since they've been doing these ratings, which has been ten years. So I'm just saying that's impressive. Yeah, I think he. I mean, I think Brady would have probably won if he played all the games, but yeah. he just didn't have enough games to win it. Right. The Pats won fourteen and two if Brady was the starter for all sixteen games, and he went fourteen and two. They probably give it to yeah. him, right? But it's fine. Like Matt Ryan had an awesome year. He right. crushed the league in terms of yards per attempt. You can't really. He, he set the record for yards per attempt to, what was it, 9.2? 9.2. That's the record. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. It's the record. What do you think about Coach of the Year? Jason Garrett won. You think oh, that's I think right? it should have been Chuck Pagano. <laughs> with his for, run only offense <laughs> just, just for like managing to uh you know win six games or whatever yeah. it did because you know he didn't not get, easy he didn't get andrew luck's career ended by an injury this year so mm. good job chuck so since 2001 we've had eight mvps reach the super bowl yeah all eight have lost that's weird matt I'm- ryan 
Cam Newton last year, Peyton Manning in 2013 and 2009, Tom Brady in 2007, just barely lost, Sean Alexander, running back. He was the MVP, huh? 2005, Rich Gannon in 2002, Kurt Warner, 2001. It's crazy. I mean, that's just an anomaly, obviously. There can't be any actual causation there. It doesn't seem possible, but it's weird. I mean, maybe there's something where, like, the MVP gets announced the day before the Super Bowl. Maybe it, like... Come on. Gets you in a tizzy, and you're all excited, and you can't throw the ball good no more. That's dumb. Yeah, it is. But it's thanks the best for, I got. It's the best I got. Thanks for weighing in all the same. I mean, that's part of the podcast I weigh in sometimes. I mean, we're working on fixing that. <laughs> <laughs> you're um, so nice to me all the time. So, so Jason Garrett, the Cowboys were amazing this year. Yeah. They added two rookies who were, you know, all about the production. and All about the production? It seems like if Dak Prescott wasn't any good, they weren't going to be any good, right? Uh, Until Romo came back anyway. So, does he deserve Coach of the Year? I'm asking. If not, who does? Well, let's look at who else finished in the top five, shall we? Andy Reid, maybe. Andy Reid finished fifth with one vote. Huh. Jack Del Rio of the Oakland Raiders finished fourth with four votes. Disagree with that one. Okay. Why? Because the Raiders were not actually as good as it looked. Their point differential was not what it should have been for a team that won that many Could games. Could you not make the case that that is a pro for him as a coach, not a, not a minus? The team wasn't that good, and yet he helped them win games anyway. He like pushed the small edges and so on and so forth. I don't think that works that way. Me either, no. but it's a, good, it's a good thing to say, right? It's like, that's like old school type of thing to say. He's clutch. He's a clutch coach. Yeah. Adam Gase finished third. Adam Gase of the Miami Dolphins. I guess they had an incredible run at the end there. They went 10-6 and six and made yeah. the playoffs. I mean, it's pretty good. And, of course, Bill Belichick finished second. Fair. I think you can make a pretty good case for Belichick. They started the season four games without Brady, went 3-1, and one, and then almost ran the table. Yeah. I think Andy Reid is also a case that can be made for yeah. Andy Reid. I mean, it's fine that Jason Garrett won. Yeah. But it does seem a little bit strange. He got these two players who clearly is, are what turned the team around, right? Well, like, what else happened? It's hard to know if the offensive line was really the main factor or not. And it seems okay. like it probably was. Sure. I mean, I think Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are both good for sure. I don't know if they actually are great or not. I know the offensive line is great. Yeah. It's actually really hard to separate out ever, you know, what the coach is doing and what the quarterback is doing and why they're winning and why they aren't. There's so many moving pieces in football for sure. Like even now, uh, at least I guess now everyone's saying Belichick's the best of all time and Brady's the best of all time. But up until very recently, there was often a case to be made by people that, oh, Brady's not as good because Belichick's been his coach or vice versa. And it was hard to say you're wrong. Right. It's the receiver quarterback issue also. Yeah. You know, like is Montana that good or is Jerry Rice that good? Right. Is it possible they're both truly great? It's hard to know. Right. Yeah. So fair enough. All right. Um, Anything else you want to say about any of this stuff before we move on? Uh, I just want to reiterate, I don't think Offensive Player of the Year should go to the MVP ever. I think it's dumb. Yeah. Especially, it's weird because it's in a year where the MVP is not as impressive as often they are. Yeah. You know, so that, that makes it extra weird, especially considering there was a running back who was more impressive than the most impressive running back often is. You're saying with David Johnson on this. Yeah. He's never going to win MVP. No, I'm talking about uh, Offensive Player oh, of the Year. Oh, Offensive Player of the Year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Ryan did throw like 38 touchdowns and have seven interceptions. Yeah, but for MVP. 9.2 yards per attempt. I mean, but in, in the modern NFL, for MVP, that's not incredible. I mean, I think we're comparing it, though, to Tom Brady, 50 touchdowns. Peyton Manning's an unbelievable year. There's, you know... I think it's. I think that's sort of messing with our heads a little bit too. Who won the MVP last year? Was it Aaron Rodgers? I don't even remember. Who can say? Who Maybe. Can, but I'm just saying for offensive player yeah. of the year when Ryan already wins MVP, are those numbers really that good to beat out 2,100 yards, 80 catches, and 20 touchdowns from David Johnson? Maybe. I guess they are for the people who voted. They might be. Yeah. yeah. All right. Really quickly, the 49ers 
made some interesting hires of late. They hired Kyle Shanahan before the Super Bowl. Yeah. He, of maybe course, they want to change their mind now. They might want to. He's the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. And that seemed pretty great, especially about you know nine minutes into the third quarter or so. Yeah. But by the end of the game, eh, maybe not. It depends not. on who was making the calls. Eh, you know? Yeah. But that. I mean, it's hard to... To know what happened there, but the thing is, like, the Falcons' offense was the best offense in the NFL this year. Yeah. So it can't be the wrong decision to try to hire the guy who was in charge of the offense of that team. Absolutely. Yeah. But you kind of don't love bringing the guy in who seems like maybe he choked a little bit in a really he big might, spot. He might have, but you don't have to worry about big spots for a while. You're the Niners. You got nobody on your team. It's an excellent you point. You have Carlos Hyde. That's yeah. pretty good, I guess. You have Tori. So, I mean, Smith. is it? Those are Tory Smith. All of your defend, all of your defensive players retired like three years ago. Tory Smith is he even still on the team? Yeah, but he's not good. He's not going to play anymore. No, I mean you have no assets as, as for yeah. players. I mean you have Colin Kaepernick who has kind of shown he's, he's not going to be on the team next year. Yeah, he's not really doing anything anymore. You got Blaine Gabbert. Like, I mean, come on. No, there, uh, there's word actually that they might trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo. The, the teams that are supposedly in play for that are the Browns, the Bears, and the Niners. Ooh, all three are. I wouldn't mind the Bears getting him. Just get out of Cutler Land. I. Fuck it's it. going to be expensive if all three teams want him. Just FYI, he's going to get paid. I don't mean. I mean, you have to pay the Patriots right. too, like a fair amount. Like the Browns have the twelfth overall pick, and there's talk that it's it starts there. You know. Yeah, I mean, he did really well for himself in those games he played. Yeah, he only played like one and a half games, but he looked really good. I mean, everybody <laughs> is so desperate for a quarterback. Yeah, you, you see a flash, you just go for it. Like Osweiler got signed with less. He didn't look as good as Garoppolo looked. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, he may also be sort of a warning sign for people, too, now. You know, he may. To be a little careful about. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm curious to see. Nick Foles, warning sign. Yeah. Matt Castle. I mean, these yeah. things happen. But at the same point, if you're desperate for a young quarterback, here's a guy who's been around for a while. has And, you know, when he's played, he's looked really good. Yeah. And what, he's 25 or 26 years old. I don't even know if he's that old. Yeah. Yeah. So he's young. He look, He's looked good. And so a lot of the teams that are struggling have very young cores. So oh, yeah. it's kind of perfect. It's hard to not go after If him. you don't love a quarterback in the draft, it seems like you'd rather trade a mid-first-round pick for Garoppolo than reach for one of yeah. those guys, right? And then you can start your rebuild Garoppolo and hope it works out. Garoppolo was a second-rounder, right? Yeah, late second-rounder. Yeah. So well, Some of those guys end up being good. Yeah, sometimes it works out. Often it doesn't. Yeah. All right. Um, another thing the Niners did, though, was not just hire a new coach. They hired a GM, John Lynch, former safety of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also broadcaster. Also broadcaster. Also, oh, nothing else. Sorry. There was nothing yeah. else on this piece He's never of been a coach. He's never been a coach. He's never been a GM. He's never been worked in a front office. He's That's the weird. GM now. It's really weird. What's happening? Okay. Well, to make an analogy, Steve Kerr got hired as the son's GM. Having yes. no experience with that. Yeah. He did a terrible job. He immediately right. traded away all the things that made them good, picked up Shaq, and they were no good anymore. But then he became a coach, and, and that worked seems out really to well. Be doing a good job. <laughs> so or he maybe his... eventually, when <laughs> <laughs> when the, the three coaches from now, the yeah. Niners fire, and three coaches from now, two years from now, they're gonna be the same time. The Niners yeah. fire their third coach from now. Then they're gonna be like, all right, John Lynch, get down there. Well, Give it a shot. They would never hire their former GM to coach. He's gonna coach at the Browns, and he'll make the Browns good. Oh, this okay. is, they're just grooming him for somebody else. Oh, he'll make the Browns good. Okay, fair enough. I mean, this is a very uh, likely a, scenario. This is a baffling hire. I don't understand it. Why? What is John Lynch's background in in player management expertise and understanding personnel and stuff? I mean, he's I mean, just a guy. Come on, dude. Jim Harbaugh wasn't that important to that team anyway. These guys know what they're doing. <laughs> right, Jim Harbaugh. They hired Jim Zamsula. That was fine. They hired Chip Kelly. Leave them alone. They're right. trying. Just leave them alone. I mean, why would you hire John Lynch? <laughs> um, because it sounds good. 
I don't know. It doesn't sound good to me, but to them, it must sound good. He must interview really well. If I was well. going to hire a former player who's in the media, I would have gone for Michael Strahan instead. So Grant and I sometimes, because we're the poker guys, most of you know this, we have our own poker YouTube channel, podcast, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So sometimes we end up having meetings with potential sponsors. We've had a meeting before with the TV network, stuff like that, just because you know we're, yeah. we're media guys. And one of the things we do very well is meetings. We're great in meetings. You know, yeah. you agree with that, yeah. right? Like we're funny, we're this, we're that, we practice, we're, we're really good at him. Maybe John Lynch is just amazing in meetings, so he gets <laughs> jobs he shouldn't get. You Maybe. Know? That's I, why we get our sponsors, I think, because, you know, do we deserve it? <laughs> of course we deserve Unclear. it. Unclear. <laughs> of course we deserve okay, it. Okay, we deserve it. We have the numbers. We're fine. Yeah. But, but my point is, but we are, we're good in meetings, right? We're very comfortable, we're fun, and he must be amazing. He must have given the greatest interview. I guess. Because how else could this guy get the job? I don't know. Also, aren't you worried if you're the 49ers about the old uh, CTE? Making, yeah, um, yeah that guy the... was like banging heads all the time. He was the hard-hitting safety yeah. guy. Like, yeah. not great. <laughs> not ideal. Right. I guess all the defensive players, though, hit a lot. So you don't I mean, want to def- – got to get an offensive player, like a kicker. You want right. your kicker to be so a So here's GM. a fun scenario. John Lynch is now the GM of the 49ers. Yeah. What would, what would be, in your mind, just thinking it up right now, what's the worst thing he could do to start it <laughs> off and just like confirm all of our fears? Oh, that's a great question. I, I got an idea. Okay, you start. Sign Albert Hainsworth. I mean, how much, though? For how much? $10 million a year. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that would, that would definitely be a problem if he did that. <laughs> yeah. If they signed him to a minimum deal, I would have no problem with it. They're like, I, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, $10 million a year is problematic for yeah. sure. Um, I would say... If he traded for, if he traded like first round picks for like nearly washed up veterans, he pulled a, a Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah, that to me would seem, especially in the NFL where that's uh, you really cannot throw away your first. He trades round a picks. first round pick for like Nick Foles or something. <laughs> Nick Foles is young, like Alex Smith. He gets, he brings yeah. Alex Smith back and gives up like the number seven pick or the number five pick in the draft for Alex Smith and has to pay Alex Smith all these things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean the Chiefs wouldn't even do that, of course, but. Maybe Alex Smith is even too good for this example, but that would be that's an example of he's like, well, we need a quarterback, right. so we'll get an old guy whose upside is capped and give away our you know our best. Let's give young Mark Brunel six million a year and see what happens. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, Mark Sanchez. You know, he like somehow trades a first rounder for Mark Sanchez. That would be a problem. That's not going to happen. No. Brock Osweiler. If he traded a first rounder for Brock Osweiler, that could there. be bad. That would be a sign. That that would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Glad right. we got that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Figured it out. All right. So what would be the best thing he could do? Ooh, the what, best thing he can do. Yeah. I think if he got some avocados, uh, cut them in half, took out the pits, put some nice lime with that, maybe a little bit of uh, chili pepper paste in there too, mix it up nice, you'd have a really quality guacamole. There's a lot more ingredients to guacamole than just those things. I don't think you know what's in guacamole. I don't think you know what's in guacamole. I know a lot more about it than you do, apparently. This is John Lynch's special guacamole. <laughs> it's shitty guacamole. If it's just normal guacamole, what makes it the best thing he's ever hey could guys, do? Hey, guys, I'm John Lynch. Have some of my shitty guacamole. <laughs> no, it's like my... Albert Hainsworth, I'm paying you so much. Take some of this shitty guacamole. It's all about the ratio of the ingredients, okay? So if you put in the right ratio, it's those three ingredients are all you need. You just have never had it, and you're making, you're making assumptions. Just admit it. You're making assumptions you are too what you're asking me what's the best thing you can do i know about john lynch's guacamole you've been down on john lynch this whole time that's an assumption <laughs> but his guacamole is amazing and that's not an assumption yeah. that's just straight fact well i haven't had it right so you can't <laughs> say trust okay. me it's amazing okay okay the john fine. lynch guacamole you should you should try it. google it first though. yeah google it yeah. hey by the way if anyone wants to tweet at us we're still currently at drunk sports show sending a little ltgfi we do have a special bottle of John Lynch's famous guacamole coming right to your door. That's not true. It's, well, that's not true, but what is true, we're going to take a break, come back to do a little Let the Grant Fix It. 
Batten down the hatches. It's time for a little LTGFI. Because of the sport NATO? Yeah. Is that why I need to batten down the hatches? That's exactly right. I'm doing a weather thing here. That's awesome. Thanks. Hey, how do you guys like the new logo, if you can see it? I'm not sure if you can see it or not. But if you could, you would, you'll know when you can see it. I'll just say I, that. I made it today. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's professional. It's interesting. Yeah. It's got some personality to it. I'll yeah. just say that. So this is, of course, the segment where, for new listeners anyway, I pose sports and sometimes other dilemmas to Grant. He does his best to fix it. Up until now, he's always been pretty drunk. We decided yep. we could do it without him getting drunk. Not everyone's so sure you can do this, though. Not everyone is a believer. I'll tell you Who that. Who said in, that? In the Twitter feed, there's been some dis- people saying they don't know if it's going to be that good. So I'm just putting a little pressure on you that right now. That can't be true. Nobody knew it was, this was going to happen. No, absolutely. I had absolutely tweeted out that oh. this is going to happen. And someone actually is the one who someone suggested LTGFI, which I decided to keep myself. Okay. Yeah, no. I think, was it Colin West? It may not have been Colin West. It's not fair to put that on him if he didn't say that. But he might have said that. <laughs> I may I may look it up, but right. right now we're gonna get into I'm, I'm feeling LTGFI. the pressure. Yeah, you should be. I feel the pressure. Good. Okay. I'm feeling the pressure now. Okay. Because I just realized I have to clean up your messes and I'm used to cleaning them up drunk and no one expects a lot. Now now it's on me. Yeah. Before so, it's like, well, it's not Jonathan's fault. Grant was terrible that time. Not, <laughs> although usually you, you crushed it, obviously. But uh we'll see how it goes. Okay. Just saying, don't screw it up. All right. I'll do my best. So the first one is the suggested LTGFI from okay. a tweet by Colin G. West. Okay. Who does not believe in you, maybe. Okay. <laughs> hey, he makes his own YouTube videos. Uh, he does. Yeah. Actually, and they're quite wonderful. Cool. I'm a big fan. Yeah, but he doesn't believe in me, so now I don't believe in him, even though I did before. He might He might be the guy who he might believe. It may be someone else who did not believe okay. in you, in fairness to Colin G. West. All right. It might be him, though. Okay. All right, he says, okay, drunk, and we're going to just change that up now and change it. Okay, Grant. Okay. Hello. Please fix the fact that the Pats are in like every other Super Bowl. It's boring. <laughs> okay. Now, that, this is going to be fun because <laughs> I hate the Patriots so you much. You do. All right. So I think Goodell has done a terrible job, a shit job as commissioner, right? Yeah. But clearly he has it out for the Patriots. For sure. All right. So I don't know how I can personally affect this, but what we need to do is get it in Goodell's ear that's like, look, Goodell. You've been doing a good job trying to keep these bastard patriots down, but you haven't done enough. Like you need to do a little bit more. Uh, you, you need to you need to send Jack Bauer to somebody's house. You know, you got to do this type of stuff. Okay, let me just come in f- just for a moment. Yeah. Colin GUS actually replied to his own tweet and said, "Also, please fix from perspective of some all other teams not Goodell's. Don't want to hear quote kidnap Belichick's stepniece." <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that really, you know, you started going down that path, so I thought I'd. Oh, I totally off. was going down. That I path. understand why. I understand it's a good why. path. Yeah, it it's works. a great. It's a very funny path. We're forced to go in a different one though. Now we're like switching it up now from the other team's perspective. You okay. can still do a lot of the same stuff, but okay, so. There's a pretty easy solution uh, yeah. from from other teams' perspectives. You're yeah, saying? I mean, you try to injure the Patriots. You try your very best every game, no matter what your season's going like. You injure their important players. Mm. You just do it. I mean, a little bit of that happens in the NFL already, for sure. I mean, maybe a lot of it. Maybe a lot, but let's do it a little bit more. How would they go about let's doing that? Let's get serious. You know, like so, the Browns are going to have to take one for the team here. <laughs> Jamie Collins is probably upset a little bit that the pass just cut him loose. Yeah, you know? maybe he's like, you know what? I'm the best player in the world. Fuck those guys. You know that type of thought. Yeah, and he might be willing because the Browns are going to suck. Again, obviously, obviously, year, right? 
He might be willing to go above and beyond the call of duty. You know, maybe he puts a little bit of razor in his shoe there, and he takes it out at the right time. You know, oh. he makes a little stabby stab. <laughs> so this is this is like professional wrestling now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. You know, if we're going to have it be like that anyway, I think it's time for a Cleveland Brown to bring a chair onto the field, a metal folding chair, and hit Brady over the back of the head with it. You or know, it's going to be a lot harder. Legs. I don't think you thought that through. Because of the helmet? Well, the helmet also, it's so much harder to fi- actually get to him, you know? Oh, yeah, it's the, true. The razor is hidden. So you just have to sack him or something. Actually, yeah. you don't even have to sack him. Just knock him down. Yeah. Which, and then I'm not you're saying you got to kill him. I'm just saying you got to scare him a lot. How do you scare him? What would you do? You cut him a little. Like the first time, you just cut him a little bit, and you say, a lot of my friends on a lot of the other teams have these same razors, <laughs> and they're coming after you unless you pretend you're sick for the rest of the year. Mm. And you just keep doing that, and it gets worse every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's pretty brutal. That is pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of places we could go with just, you know, threatening the family. I mean, we know, can't do that. Right. Colin wouldn't let us do that. No, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, I've got, you know, snipers trained on your children right now and your supermodel wife and we're going to kill them. There's a lot of that, but yeah, we're not going to go that We're not direction. allowed to do that. Not allowed to do that. Not this time. All right. Here's another way you can do this. Fantastic. All right. So. You know, I think probably the way that coaches and players get passed around to different teams pretty frequently. A lot of team staff, may, maybe not as frequently, but some team staff moves around, especially the, the non-essential team staff. Mm. You know, the guys who prepare the sandwiches for the teams and stuff like that. Yeah. So one of the teams, who's uh, let's say the Jets, because they're, they're big rivals. They are. They're big rivals. They hate the Patriots, right? Absolutely, Absolutely. hate them. 100%. So the Jets pay off their, their sandwich manager guy. To become the Patriot sandwich manager guy, you know they they dock up his his resume, make it, <laughs> make it look really good. No one's going to know that this guy ever worked for the Jets. Well, somehow. no, no, they'll know he worked for the Jets, okay. but it'll they'll they'll create this whole big thing. It'll be a social media explosion okay. of the Jets and Jeff, the sandwich manager of the Jets, having this huge fight over the contract negotiations of Jeff. Right, and and so that for that reason the Jets had to let him go. Yeah. Because he's a really good sandwich manager, but they just can't pay him 10 million a year like he's asking for. Mm. Right. So they they let him go, but unbeknownst to the rest of the world besides the the Jets, his job is to get hired by the Patriots and become the Patriots sandwich manager. I mean, and guess you're... what he puts in the Patriots sandwiches? What? Stuff that makes people sick. <laughs> <laughs> Before every game, the pa- whole team, everybody knows that the Patriots love to sit in a circle and eat a fried bologna sandwich before yeah, the game. That's known. It's a classic thing. It's got Patriot. It's a Belichick yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a Belichick thing, but Belichick won't make the sandwiches himself. He of course not. Manager he would it. never make the sandwich. The thing is, over the past couple of years, it's been clear that the Patriots sandwich manager hasn't really been up to up to snuff. I mean, know? they did just win the Super Bowl two of the last three years. Yeah. Well, guess what? It could have been three. <laughs> <laughs> All they needed was Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff's worth that ten million a year to the Patriots, <laughs> I and mean, they pay him. There's no salary. And cap that bologna he's going to use. Yeah. That shit is rank. Rank. It's no good. It's no good. Every game the Patriots go and feeling like shit. It's over for him. Aren't they going to at some point realize maybe they shouldn't eat the sandwiches? No, he's going to be. He's only going to do it during the important games. Like oh. it's not going to be every game. I shouldn't have said every game. Yeah. But you know they're three and zero and they go and, and they're playing the Broncos and the Broncos are also three and zero. Let's say and that's the game where you do it. You know, mm-hmm. or you wait till the playoffs. Even that seems like a better idea. Like why not just let them run rough shot in the regular season? Who cares? It's more embarrassing if they go sixteen and zero and then lose in the first round of the playoffs anyway. Also, really embarrassing if they all have diarrhea during the game. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, yeah. It so is. that's the plan. Wait, so it was diarrhea? Oh, I thought them getting sick would be vomiting. And well, it could like be that. either. Yeah, you know, I don't want them to get too hurt. So maybe the razor idea is a bit extreme. But yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, it always comes back to threatening people with you. I mean, it's easy, right? Yeah, it works yeah. really well too. 
How do you, I mean, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no, but we could just poison him a little bit. You know, on um, an episode of The League, Taco, yeah. one time, spent a fair amount of resources trying to discover the brown note, if you recall. Yes. And the brown note, of course, is a note that is played which makes people shit themselves. Yes. Yes. So... This is a mythical thing, of course. of course. We don't know if this exists. We know it does not. We don't know for sure. <laughs> I mean, you could say unicorns don't exist, but perhaps one does, right? You just I mean, haven't Martellus seen one. Bennett does. That's true. But also, you but know, who can say? He, is he going to feel much like a unicorn when he's shitting his pants on the field? Perhaps unicorns, you know, they shit a lot and they don't care. <laughs> In fairness to, to unicorns. I mean, could you not? I mean, you're the NFL. You're like an $11 billion organization these days. Could you not... Divert some of your substantial resources to researching the brown note? I don't think you could. I think you could. <laughs> <laughs> no, then, I, don't, I don't think you could. And you know could. how like the quarterback gets like, you know, the plays and stuff in his helmet? You could just put a little brown note in there. <laughs> Pretty sure. Okay, himself. so the NFL is doing this research. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's the individual teams, but the teams might collectively, you know, Arthur Blank makes a few phone calls. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, who's the? I don't know who the owner of the Browns is anymore. Is it Jimmy? What's his face? No it's the guy who owns the uh, the Cavs. It's Johnny also. Manziel. Actually, he owns. He he managed to get controlling stock in the Browns. <laughs> that yeah. sounds likely. Yeah, with all the money he saved from yeah. his first deal. Right, his only deal. Yeah, um, you know, there's a few teams. They work together. They each spend ten million dollars, twenty million dollars. They put sixty million dollars into this. You're telling me it doesn't have to exist. You could invent the Brown Note for sixty million dollars. No, hold on a sec. Yeah. It doesn't have to exist. You could invent it. Yeah. I think those are the same question. The question is, is this mythical or can it actually be discovered? I don't think it's something you invent. <laughs> it's something you discover. Well, that may be what you think, but with $60 million says otherwise, buddy. $60 million says we can make it. We can build it. So you're the dumb guy here. That's what you're playing. No. I'm going to throw $60 million at it and just let it happen. Instead of the charity and stuff. How, how did they defend that? They're like, no so you pulled, you pulled out of all of these charities. Now many orphans will die. And, you're, and, and Arthur Blank's like, yeah, I'm going to make Tom Brady shit his pants. No, no, no. no. It's not like that. All the money that's going to Jamie Collins, for example, he's supposed to make like, he's going to sign a deal for like $15, 16000000 million a year, right? Yeah. He only gets five of it. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine with that. And we'll be like, Jamie, shh. Just don't tell anyone. Yeah, he'll love that. That'll be great. It'll be fine. Uh-huh. He's still making five mil. Okay, so basically what we've come up with is we have to make them poop themselves. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Since it wasn't since we decided no. We're not allowed to threaten their families anymore. Colin. You think you're so high and mighty not threatening anybody's family? (laughs) (laughs) Just walk around not making people shit themselves. Let's see see what you say when you have to fix something. See if you don't go immediately to hire and keep for Sutherland to reprise his role as Jack Bauer and threaten people's families. See if you do that, Colin West. Or buy a whole bunch of X Lax. Or well What? I don't think Xbox is powerful enough. It's not really what I want. You put enough in there, that's going to work. You, you know, put that in the fried bologna sandwich, whoa. <laughs> okay, well. Watch, watch out. All right. Watch out. All right, so okay, <laughs> we have a solution. Yeah, I feel like we have a solution. Yeah. All right. Cool. Shall we continue? Sure. Let's continue. We're staying in the National yeah, Football yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the matter? Nothing. You know, maybe one day we'll have Grant try and fix me I saying really, national. I really want, I could go for a fried bologna sandwich right now. Really? I've never had a fried bologna Neither sandwich. Neither have I, but it, it sounds disgusting. Yeah, but it's fried, right? Fried's good. Fried is good. Bologna, though? Bologna's eh. not the best. What goes in a fried bologna sandwich besides fried bologna? Bread. And? Nothing. Mustard. No. Obviously. Bread, fried bologna. I want mustard now. <laughs> Just open your mouth and pour some mustard in? Yellow Sorry, mustard is the best. Oh, no, no grape poupon for you? No, I'm not, you know, like you. What's that? 
I wasn't brought up, you know, among aristocracy or anything. Right. Well, I had to work. All we do is to... drive our Rolls Royces and eat and pass around. Exactly. The it's like, oh, I'm out, but I'll ask the Rolls Royce next to me. Yeah. That, you know, that is you and your family. That's okay. That's life. You know, some of us came up from lower, more humble beginnings. We had you're, to work for everything. You're eating that shitty mustard. Exactly. We'd eat the yellow mustard, right? We asked, we, you know, knocked on the door of the Volkswagen next to us, asked if they had any Frenchers. You yeah. Know? And, and your degenerate taste buds accepted it. And they did have yeah. Frenches, and right. we ate the Frenches, and it was wonderful. Right. We're not okay. getting sponsored by anybody. Why can't Frenches sponsor us <laughs> after that? What the hell? That was amazing. What a promotion <laughs> for them. That was like free money. Yeah. You're welcome, Frenches. We're good in meetings. Have a meeting with us, Frenches. Here's what the listener should do. Yeah. Boycott French's mustard until you hear from us that they've paid us. Don't, you know don't. what? <laughs> I think calling for boycotts is like it's almost like we could threaten sponsors with our potential sponsors. I, I mean, say. that's that's how we try to fix stuff, right? We threaten people. So we do that a lot. All sorts of that's what we should be doing. Threatening stuff. It's cool. All right. LTGFI number two. You ready? Yep. With Grant and Jonathan. Yes, that's us. In the National Football League, Grant, there has been a bit of an issue with concussions. Obviously. And, in fact, a lot of people are upset and think that the NFL concussion protocol, while maybe inadequate anyway, is not being followed anyway when players indeed clearly get concussions. Some examples, although there are certainly many from the NFL season, Cam Newton getting hit like a pinata in game one against the Broncos where he took multiple helmet-to-helmet hits and it looked bad. Right. Stayed in the game the whole time. That was weird. Matt Moore of the Dolphins went down in a way that he was described as Barstool Sports actually tweeted out, Matt Moore is dead. He has died. <laughs> that was on January 8th, so it was in yeah. the playoffs. Um, there's certainly been many, many, many more examples as well. How do you fix this situation? So teams, the problem is not having the correct concussion protocol because I'm not sure players and teams would follow it even if it existed. How do we get teams to follow this protocol? How do we? Okay, we're the NFL? Or what are we? Sure. I mean, the problem is the NFL doesn't really care, right? No, they so, they don't care. They just want to look like they care. We're the um, we're some sort of health agency. We're some sort of health agency. <laughs> sure, why not? We're um we're we're a health agency. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have any oversight on this. <laughs> why not? Sure, why not? We're OSHA. OSHA could absolutely, yes, OSHA. They have oversight on this. Do they? Absolutely. You're just making that up. Uh, they're the office workplace safety thing. They're all about well, work. They are workplace safety. That's OSHA. Okay. So how do we make the teams follow this protocol? Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything? Because off the bat, I got nothing. Um, I hadn't thought about it. Busy working about the OSHA thing. Um, how would we make teams follow the NFL concussion? Okay. You know how one thing they do with cops, uh, they're supposed to do. I don't know if they actually do this. When they give them tasers, they force the cops to actually get tased themselves. Ah, yeah. So they know what the experience is like. Right. So maybe something we should do is... Take all the team doctors and all the executives, concuss them, and then immediately put them back in an NFL level violent game. That's and a have good them idea. Play for a while, and right? Yeah. So they can learn what it's like. <laughs> yeah. See, that's not going to work. Why not? There's going to be a lot of problems with that. <laughs> what do you see as a, a problem? A lot of those people are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah, but not, but not any, but not. We're not targeting anyone in particular. Is what I'm, you know. So that's pretty good. Right. Okay, us. I think I know what the answer is. Okay. How we can fix this. And it's the answer to everything, really. Uh oh. It's a, a team building retreat. 
<laughs> Obviously, I really thought we were going somewhere else with that. I'm so not every lie. every team yeah. is forced to have their team doctors and their team staffs go on a team building retreat with the team. So if it's the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick leads the retreat. They all hold hands. They do some icebreakers. You know, they do the human knot. They how about trust falls? Those are important. That let's let's <laughs> let's crawl before we can walk here, buddy. We're not doing any trust falls yet. So it's going to happen a couple different weekends, right? Like, so I'm going to use the Patriots as an example, just because clearly they're a team that would get around this protocol any way they could if they could, for sure, right? So Belichick leads this retreat, you know. In the first one, the first weekend, it's not amazing, but they have the icebreakers. Are like, if you could be a type of bird, what type of bird would you be? And all <laughs> the players ask each other, and then they yeah. kind of start conversations. They maybe learn a little bit. The medical staff learns a little bit more about the players besides just that they play football. You know, yeah. they understand. That Tom Brady wants to be a cockatoo, you know? Tom Brady <laughs> can't help himself but wake up every morning and, and go, because he wants to be a cockatoo. Is that the sound a cockatoo makes? I though? don't know. I'm not a fucking bird <laughs> person. I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> of our resident Ca-caw? scientists, of our one resident scientist, zero of those people are bird experts. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's like a crow is the sound you is just there a, What's the name for a bird scientist? Um, I'm going to go with a ornithologist. That might be it. I'm going to say that. That's a word I've heard. It's possible. It's so possible. I'll take it. Right. Okay. So weekend one, you know, you start to get to know the players, right? right? And maybe Belichick doesn't give a shit because that guy's a soulless piece of crap. But but the doctors, there's m- multiple doctors there. Yeah. And, you know, they're starting to feel, you know, they're not just going to take their orders from on high anymore. They're starting to understand the players. And maybe maybe right after that week, they still send the guys back in. Right. But that's because that week ended with just the trust fall. That was the big hurrah. Oh, it, the trust fall happened yeah, in the end of the first Yeah, but then a couple weeks weekend. later, you got to go on another retreat. Yeah. And that's one where you do the ropes course. Ooh. And talk about team building. I'm talking about a ropes course for the ages. You know, you got like the zip lines at the top. You got to climb up the things. There's multiple puzzles you have to solve together. Everybody learns. Everybody understands. Everybody realizes that the doctors and the players aren't separate. We're all just guys climbing around in these trees <laughs> trying to get up the tree and then go down the zip line. Yeah. Right? We're all the same. Yeah. If I were you, I wouldn't want a concussion. Is what the doctor's thinking now when he's looking at Tom Brady and Tom Brady's wearing his cockatoo shirt. That's what the doctor's <laughs> thinking. And next time Tom Brady comes out and he's clearly concussed and Belichick's like, hey, put that fucking guy back in. The doctor will stand up and he'll get on top of a desk, a la that movie that I'm forgetting the name of, Dead Poets Dead Society. Poets Society yeah. and, and he will say, you are my captain or some shit like oh, that. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> yeah. And that'll be that. And it, everybody wait. in America will see it. And it'll stop. it'll stop. So there's a few things I just want to check in with you about on this. Okay. This is great. You're doing right. great with this one. So two things that strike me as odd. Okay. Number one, so Belichick tells the doctor to put Brady back in. Of course. And the doctor wants to show Belichick that he's not going to do that in, yeah. in a very public way. So somehow he has a desk on the sideline. He knew this was going to happen. Like a little desk. He watched Dead Poet Society like three nights ago. And he's like, you know what? That's a good way to show your emotion. It's got to be a really like mobile desk because Belichick moves up and down the sideline. It's a really big, long sideline. It's got depth You think you can't put wheels on a desk? I don't know. Can you put wheels on a desk? Yeah, you can put wheels on a desk. And right. guess what? You can make it so you don't fall off the desk by having the little locking mechanism on the wheel. Okay. So he pushes it out. He locks the wheel. All right. Stands up. So that's, that's great. So he's that's, like, I will not put Tom Brady back in. Cool. My oh, other question oh, captain, is, captain, my captain. Yeah. So he stands up on the desk, and the thing he says is, "Oh, captain, my captain," to Belichick. Wouldn't Belichick think that the guy's listening to him, and then sees him as the captain? He's going to do whatever Belichick. No, wants? because then he would elaborate. But he just wanted oh. to start that way, as 
to pay homage, first of all, Robin Williams, R.I.P. And, and a also, great movie, a great performance a wonderful, by many. wonderful movie. It really is. Yeah. So he's like, okay, so this isn't really about Dead Post Society, but I decided to get everybody's attention. I'm not going <laughs> to put this guy back in the game. He's going to die. Like, I like him now. I know about his cockatoo thing. That's a little weird, but at least it's something about him. You yeah. Know? Yeah. He's not all Ugg boots and footballs. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good, actually. I fixed it. I feel like that's a reasonable fix. I mean. I mean. It's reasonable. <laughs> reasonable is a, is a word that I've used, but I don't know if it belongs yeah. in that sentence. It's a fix, and it's a fun fix. And uh, I feel like everyone getting to know each other, they see, they see the humanity in each other. Yeah. They care more about each other. There's compassion, you know? Yeah. It might change things a little bit. It might. That's good. It's a good fix. You did it. Sober fix. Sober fix. How'd you guys think he did? Did he pass muster? Should he be drunk? Who was the bastard who said I was no good? I'll look it up if you really want me to. I want to know now who it is. Know. Now, now I th- who I'm said pretty, I couldn't do it? I'm pretty sure it was Colin West. It probably was. <laughs> I'm looking right now. Hold on. I still like him, though. I know. you He's, do. He's a nice great. guy. We like him a lot. Uh, oh, wait. Okay. First of all, Small Santa said, excited by the idea of more drunk sports, what will happen to LTDFI, though? Let the sober fix it? Let Grant fix it? So that was okay. Yeah. But he was asking about it. Then we have, hold on. Ah, oh, Colin G. West says, I love the idea of more podcasts. I guess we were saying we we're going to do it twice a week and people got excited. Well, we, we may, might. We may eventually. But I think something will be missing in the hashtag convidatium if LTDFI becomes LTGFI. Then he quickly responded to that saying, what if you tape sober segments and then record a full hour of LTDFI after Grant is warmed up then spliced together? He's really trying to solve this. It's yeah. like his own. It's like the LTCFI. And you know what? If it turns out that people really don't like it as much, that's something we could consider doing. We just do the, the drunk part once a month and do enough for four Oh, yeah. Four and put it all together later. Episodes, yeah. It's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, we'll see. But I think we did an okay job, though. Without... I think the first one was all right, and the second one well, it got a little more warmed up and got there. Well, also, not all of them are home runs. I That's mean, right. you remember the home runs. You don't remember the shitty ones. There are plenty of drunken, shitty ones. We rarely have two great ones on the same episode. We yeah. usually have one great one and one okay one. And so that's, you know, this, this to me felt like... Close to that. Honestly, like our greatness, we, we've had higher highs, but it's fine. I mean, you can't expect every week to be the best. You know, a lot of pressure. A lot of, a pressure, lot of pressure. A lot of sober pressure. Well, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, you know, we're going to get caught up in the Sportnado. Oh, no. With Grant and There's, Jonathan. There goes my hat. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week.